Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Kate and I'm here with Kristen Kristen and today we are wrapping up Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn, which we were supposed to record this like before we left for Mexico and then that didn't happen. So now we're like post-Mexico and like I spent a week on the beach. I can't read. So the episode's not late, is it though? Huh? No, the episode we itself is... the other one early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the episode itself is not late. We were just supposed to, like, pre-record <laughs> it uh, while we were close to the reading, and then we were like, no. No. No, we won't. No, and... I don't want to do two episodes in one night. No, it's going to make us all crazy. Yes. <laughs> Which is correct. <laughs> yes, it is. I stand but, by um... that decision. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it was Burp's birthday, too. Yeah, it um... was. Which honestly, we should announce at the at the at the top here. Uh, yeah. If you haven't heard the news because you're not on Twitter, which is fine. Don't go on Twitter; it's a hell site. Um, but uh, real at real baby bird Miranda is going to be joining us as our fourth host, which we are very very excited about, especially because Kristen's only a little bit extremely dying at work, and <laughs> and he's getting reshipped off to Denmark uh, for hashtag reasons. So, um, yeah, Miranda will be joining us for our next book, uh, which will be Leia, Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray, and we are very fucking excited. We'll give you those details at the end so that you have to listen to the end or you have to fast forward to the end, which is annoying. Either way, we want to annoy you and trap you here. <laughs> yeah, like you could listen to the end or you could be a dick. It's entirely up to you. Chris, what are you making a weird face at right now? Because... Okay, so we've got an insurance EOB on the table in front of us, which isn't relevant, except for the fact that the document number, somebody just fucking, like, <laughs> put an elbow down on the nine key, because the document number is literally <laughs> 12 nines in a row. That's too many nines. That's, wow, that's Someone a lot. Someone fucked that up. That's really funny. That's uh, hysterical, actually. Like, look at that shit. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, hang just, on, hang on. Uh, Chris. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, oh 15, God. 16, 17, 18, 19. That is 29s <laughs> in a row. This document number is 29s <laughs> in a row. Dad. What are you doing, Care First? Dad. Yeah. Just compelling audio from you, as always. I, um, you know, <laughs> the people knew what they were getting into when they it's, turned on this podcast true. at this point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Kate put a, cl- a tablecloth down from now on over everything you have on the table so that you <laughs> don't have anything to get distracted by. He needs a fidget spinner, I swear to I God. Know. I'm going to fucking send you a, a fidget spinner. Oh God. Actually, could you? Because that would yeah, be very helpful. I can. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I forgot mine. It's at work right now because I was going to go to work and then I didn't forever. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, but that's fine. I'll be so fine. Real. Chris is Chris is also on his second day of his, his of his new uh, place of employment, which he's apparently not allowed to talk about. So he's just gonna say he's on the second day of his new place of employment. Confidential I'm not, boy. I'm not not allowed to talk about it. Doing the same stuff I was before. I just would prefer not to. I don't know. Not, not really to have to say. Not really cool. have your whole life on the internet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's allowed. I don't. 
Don't understand. I, I know Currently me and Kate got like 98% of my life on the does, internet, so we're going to try and bring that down to 96. Do, does not compute. Must tell everyone everything or else how do I know I'm alive? I mean, how are people going to know when you, need to, when you need to pee in the middle of the episode, Kristen? I uh, know. It's so true. Oh um, my god. Okay, speaking of needing to pee in the middle of the episode, what are you guys drinking? I thought you were going to say one. that you had to pee. That was no. going to be like, Kristen, we just fucking started. No. I'm in trouble for reading off 29s. Chris, you didn't even do it right. You didn't even read off every single nine. Don't do it. Don't do Don't, it. No, no nines at this time. I want to know Don't what you guys are it. drinking. Don't do it. So are you are drinking having, tequila? Yes, we are having tequila. We are having te- um, a tequila blanco from Mexico because we were just there on a Cedar family vacation, which was a fucking adventure. Um, that's all I'm going to say because my mother-in-law listens to this podcast, apparently. Oh my right? God, why? <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> It makes her happy, and I was like, it makes you happy that I tell you. Now I can be one of those annoying people on Jeopardy that like waves Uh, and says hi, mom, to the camera. Hi, ma'am. Oh my god. Um, Well, really high though. Now I feel bad, even though I I don't know you. Sorry. I know. I was. She's like, it makes me happy to hear your voices. I was like, my voice is just telling your son to go fuck himself on a weekly basis. I don't understand how she finds it like. Like, I understand she likes hearing voices, but does she, like, literally not listen to the words? Because, like, we're not interesting <laughs> if you don't read the books. We're barely interesting if we're you We're barely interesting if you like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Like, none of those things are true for her. Anyway, whatever. When she gets to this episode in, like, three months, we can ask her. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure oh we'll ask about it. Yeah, no, I'm sure she's gonna. No, she's absolutely gonna email us and have like she has this. She has this emoji she sends, which is just like, bird face. It's bird face. What is bird, send face? Us bird face? Yeah, I we'll we'll put it on Twitter. It's um, it's a smiley face with like, what is, I think supposed to be a nose, but it ends up looking like a bird. Yeah, so we'll ask Danny if he thinks it's a bird. Okay, great. great. So you you know how like make merp face, which is just like colon and then the uh the pointy brackets. Yes um she does she does it the, she does the bracket the opposite way and then includes a, a close parentheses is that a, okay it's bird face it's bird face okay that yes that that emoji has a beak yeah bird that's face what, that's what we're that's saying a beak mo- that's a beak emoji yes correct that's exactly what it is it's actually a beak emoticon technically <laughs> oh true yeah it's not it's not a beak emoji right. you're right i hate you so much anyway so we're having tequila from mexico yes um, it is from uh la fortaleza distillery sorry for pronunciation none of us know spanish yeah I, that was horrible yeah my accent Yo no hablo my accent's espanol. actually better but i don't want to do it right now so um wow okay and it's their Lazy tequila blanco <laughs> it's their tequila blanco los abuelos um which apparently you can get in the united states uh sold Ooh. just at not as not under the los abuelos label but just called uh fortaleza blanco yeah. um it's very good it's what are you fucking now yeah, so we we did this tequila tasting. Shout out to uh, Vallarta Tequila Tastings. Yes, which were, they were uh, wonderful. If um, you're ever in Puerto Vallarta, uh, you should do that tequila tasting because it's amazing. And yes. we learned a ridiculous amount. Yeah, there were about awesome. agave and about tequila and about mezcal. It was ador- It was this adorable husband and wife team, um, which was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, because like she like was just sitting on the side like on her phone like not impolitely she was like not part of the conversation but she was like on her phone while he like went on his spiel and she like did yeah she that. well she was very clearly the business manager to yeah. his like expert. showman and expert yeah exactly to his um, not business manager <laughs> i just would like to give well, out to, a shout out time to he, all he had like tastings. he brought a map yes. of mexico with like Ooh. different kinds of like what different kinds of agave grow where yes. he brought an ipad with like 
thousands of pictures of the mezcal and tequila making processes respectively it was um, crazy it was it was it was a whole thing it was wild it was fantastic um and it was super fun and we got really really drunk <laughs> yeah that was that that um, was that we was were, the last night we were there, and that next morning wasn't the best. Uh, yeah, we were we were very lucky that Chris's parents bankrolled the whole thing because it was his dad's like retirement trip, and he decided to bring all of us along, which he was very kind to do. No, and... I didn't know that. Tell him I said congratulations. Oh, we Thank will. You. Um, he's like retired like a year ago, or whatever the fuck, right, Chris? But yeah, okay, it just but... took a while for it okay, to everything this. to happen. Um, but yeah, and Chris's brother set up the tequila tasting, so that was nice of them. Um, uh, but... I found the tequila tasting. Yeah. I said he set it up. Okay. Well, because everybody... Never mind. What, Chris? What? <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, we went through this whole saga right before the episode. We were trying to find the right glasses for it. Because apparently, if one is actually drinking good tequila, you are supposed to drink it out of, like, a snifter or a champagne flute. Because it needs to aerate. Yes, if you're drinking sipping quality tequila, which, much like pretty much any other liquor... Really, the only reason you're mixing it with stuff is because it's shitty. Yeah. So, like, if you don't drink shitty tequila, there's no reason to mix it with stuff. Yep. So, anyway, so, which is all to say, we are being douchebags right now drinking nice tequila out of champagne flutes, and we are loving life. <laughs> you're not douchebags. You get to do whatever you want. Yeah. It's great. It's, like, citrusy, but, like, it's got, like, a little, like, almost saltiness to it, like, almost like olives. It's, it's great. Ooh. Yeah, it's kind of like that gin I got in Galway with the brine. Yeah, it's a little oh, briny. No. Cool. It's really good. It's That's really good. good. Kristen, that what sounds, are you having? That sounds delicious. Um, I'm going to have one beer. All or right. two beers. Um, <laughs> the beer that I'm starting with, however, um, <laughs> is by Ten Barrel. They're out of Bend, Oregon. Um, and they have a um, brewery slash brew pub um, right across the street from my office oh my that God, opened like three years ago maybe anyway um it's rather new it's one of the few rooftop patios in portland because it's very hard to like get that properly zoned and approved to serve alcohol on here um so it's always popping um but i believe the head brewer there is a woman named whitney um and they brew different stuff at uh at our at the different locations that they do so i'm drinking the pearl ipa so the neighborhood i work in is called the pearl and it's called the pearl ipa and it says it's the very first beer whitney brewed at our portland pub she wanted it to have an aggressive hop profile showcasing huge tropical and pine notes a clean and snappy bitterness and a malt profile that is pale and bright cheers to whitney's first time barrel brew um and this was a while ago but they just started um Everybody loves it so much that they just started canning it. So that's why I was able to buy it. Um, yeah, it's it's real tasty. Um, and then I have like a video game beer that I might have if I want to have another one. And I'll take a picture of that so we can put it on the gram because nerds. Yay. Awesome. This one's cute too. It has like a picture of our um, streetcar on it and things like that. So it's very Portland centric. I legitimately had no idea you had a streetcar. Yeah, um, the reason you don't know we have a streetcar is because, like, the only reason to take the streetcar is if it's pouring rain, otherwise walking is faster. (laughs) Because, like, like the issue with all streetcars, it has to sit in traffic, and it's, what's the fucking point? Yes. (laughs) There is. Sits in traffic, and at the traffic lights, and god damn it. (laughs) 
streetlights make me so mad. Or streetcars make me so mad. We're not going on your streetcar rant. This is fine. Anyway, thanks for listening to Alcohol they almost, Pod. They Goodbye. almost never make sense. They almost Chris, never Chris, make no. sense. I know. Chris, no. I know. I just said Chris. that, Chris. It's okay. Chris. We're all in agreement. Everybody hates streetcars, okay? It's Anakin okay. No. Anakin, no. Oh, speaking of Chris, yes. Uh, one more story from Mexico before I actually get started on the pod. Uh, Chris broke his phone, uh, which was brand new, and he just got for Christmas with sand. Because uh, that bitch was waterproof, and and he went in the so and he left it in his pocket by accident when he went to the ocean, and it was fine after being in the ocean, and then he got a sand all up in the charging port and all this other crazy shit, and then it, like and then tried to get it cleaned out at an actual like cell phone store in Mexico, and that didn't work, and then it died. No, that's this is a, this is an embellishment. Of what happened. No, it's not. It's literally what happened. No, I think what happened is because some of the phone. salt water got in. And even though the water didn't kill it in the first place, the salt, like once I was actually able to charge it, the salt, like the charger hit the salt and killed sand it. Sand killed your phone. Is salt not a type of sand? Sand killed your it's phone. not. Sand it's killed literally your phone. not. It's part of sand though. It is mixed into sand. In the sense that we are all molecular sand? Like I don't understand. I don't understand yeah, what you're sand saying. Sand your phone. Yeah, like sand salt. your phone. I know what I'm saying. Okay. Anyone well, else knows what I'm saying? Does. Tweet at us. She's saying I'm sand saying, killed your phone. Yes. Oh I am saying sand your killed your phone. Number one. Number two. I'm saying that if you're on a beach and it's salt water, like some of, I'm assuming that when the water dries out of the sand from high tide, some salt remains behind because that's how evaporation works. Yeah. Not. That giant ass correct. salt crystals yeah, i'm, I'm function, not understanding it's it's sand not understanding sand. Kids, you understand what i'm saying anyway sand. my phone died sand. now i got a new phone everything's fine now how are you sand 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 <laughs> okay this is, god my mom's see. really confused about this whole sand business <gasps> sand <laughs> she has no idea oh. what's happening right now also if anybody ever wants to know what we do in the podcast slack all day it's, it's literally, literally just this. this it's literally just this <laughs> yeah it is this is um we have brought it outside of the slack into the podcast for some reason yeah um, like anyway the, the tashi station patreon slack wonderful good conversation very nice people diverse topics of conversation the the slack that's just the three of us or now the four of us now that we're adding Miranda literally just this shit. It's this, and then I'm... me and Kate have a literal room by ourselves so we can talk about poop. Yep, it's called the poop room. Yep, no one's allowed in there. Mm-hmm. It's fine, and then we have another room that's an off-topic room, but it's not the poop room. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, that's the one that I have. Wait, that one's extra screaming. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm in that one. The poop room. I have like hardcore muted. Yes. Yeah, for good Correct. reason. Because literally, That's... I went in one day and I was like, "What do you actually talk about?" No, literally, you just <laughs> talked about poop. <laughs> anyway, now that we're 15 minutes into poop pod, um, let's yeah, talk. God, it really we really like made up for lost time. <laughs> like we, I feel like we talked about poop not at all in like the first, you know, 70 episodes of this podcast in like the last that seems five. Unlikely, I'm gonna be honest with you. Well. <laughs> At least not this. Ex- at least not to this extent. And like the last five, we've mentioned it like every other word. <laughs> oh my god! Or anyway, I started that- my new job on my first day by telling everybody in a staff meeting. I was asked a fun fact about myself, and I told them, or my boss told them about this. I told my boss about this podcast, Chris. So there's like a two percent chance at least one person whom I currently Chris. work with is Chris. listening to the pod. I said, "All time is over." We're talking about the book now. 
This entire podcast is off topic time. So let's talk about um, Vader and Thrawn and Anakin's in parentheses leadership styles because we alluded to this last on the last episode. Just so you know, there's no editing cut there. I just went right for it. Yeah, no. This is ridiculous. No, that was literally <laughs> just Kate cutting me off. Because shut up. Um, so if your whole office can know that your wife just dunks on you 24-7. I mean, they were going to find out one way or another. <laughs> they don't. How do they not already know? I know. It's Accurate. It's been two days. Honestly, they should know. Uh, um, anyway, we were talking a little bit last time about how um, you know, Thrawn is this, like, lovely, nurturing boss who wants to teach his, um, you know, underlings applicable skills. Like, he doesn't even think of them as underlings. Like, he just, like, he wants to, like, teach them things for the improvement of their careers. Like, legitimately, exactly the kind of boss you would want. Um, like, he's forgiving when they make honest mistakes. Like, he's, like, he, he, he's always looking out for people. Whereas Vader is just like, oh... You looked at me. Guess I'll force choke you to death. Yeah, Thrawn's like the kind of nervous where you want to impress your boss, like like where you're like, you know, like uh, like like me exactly right now, where I just started a new job and I like want to make a good impression. I want to do my best, like that kind of nervous. Vader's the kind of nervous where you like fear shit yourself. Uh, yeah, because he he's gonna kill you yeah he'll just he, they'll just you i mean you work to. under him like it's like it's like getting cancer you live long enough you're gonna get cancer you work under vader long enough you're gonna die and it's it's yep. hilarious because kim like knows that yeah he does he's like he's like very resigned to his fate which is like weird so like just to get into it like uh people who did read the book remember like when we first meet commander Kimmond, who is the uh commander of the uh first legion first legion Yes, people who did read the book, why would they be listening to the... Well, I guess your mom's listening. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> My bad. Um, Hi. But well, some, people, some people might not read every single book. Anyway, yeah, um, he's the commander of the segment of the 501st that is with Vader on this mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says with like kind of black humor, he's like, he's like, uh, Kimmit is the fourth uh, commander of the First Legion in the past year. I know, and there's at there's at one point where he fucks up, and he's like, "Guess they're about to get a fifth one because I'm gonna die." Yeah, <laughs> which he doesn't miraculously. Yeah, shockingly, I was stunned when he didn't die at the end of this book. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like Thrawn like interceded for him at some point. Yeah, or something like somebody somebody pulled some strings because that man should, by all rights, be soups dead. Yeah, but like the weird thing is, he's like he's fine with it. Like he is, and that's the thing. Like with Vader's leadership style. It is very, and I'm going to stick purely in universe because my knowledge of out of universe military leadership is nil. But mm-hmm. in universe, the stormtroopers love Vader because he is this invincible badass. The for, the, st- for the glory of the Empire. For the glory of the Empire. Like, he is the height of the propaganda machine. If you believe in the Empire, then Vader is everything if you believe in like fighting for the empire vader is everything you could have ever dreamed for and more and so the stormtroopers love him like they follow him into battle like literally he just like force lifts them up through a hole in the ceiling (laughs) and like throws them into battle and they're fine with it because then they're like they get to see the vader show when he comes up totally it's like having like this he has this kind of sick tyrannical charisma you know like why do people like blindly follow horrible leaders like, yeah because... he is he is the charismatic dictator except mm-hmm. without the charisma yep and i mean honestly his being powerful is it's kind of its own 
drop, like yeah. you said. He doesn't need charisma. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's something that like we see I'm trying to think what other books we've read that include him to this point. We haven't really read a ton because he's not in many of the novels. But in some of the Marvel comics, uh, you'll see kind of that devotion to Vader, and you certainly see it in the movies where like, you know, there's so much deference to Lord Vader and all this. Um but like we were saying, everybody else who is not a stormtrooper is either utterly terrified and does not have any other opinions besides fear, or they hate him. Like, they think he gets in the way of things. They think he's terrifying and that makes people do worse work. Like, they Pharaoh... They he's spooky with his weird, like, beliefs. Like, Pharaoh is, is like, there's this hilarious moment where she is, like, thinking to herself... God, is he just like sleeping behind that mask and then like remembers that he can like allegedly read minds it's just like fuck 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 like so good. it's like it's it's so like funny. everybody hates him who is not a trooper right keeks you sound like you want to say something oh no i mean i was just like of of course <laughs> of course all of the troopers love him because they're like yeah he although like he is kind of their antithesis he's like I, he has this really big identity that he carries around, whereas they are, like, meant to be, like, nameless, faceless. Um, he's still, like, he's on par with them, right? Because he's, like, in armor all the time. Um, oh, great fucking point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, like, he also, like, <laughs> I feel like Vader does not give a shit enough about stormtroopers to kill them. Mm. Oh, I think he would kill plenty just for the fun of it same but i think he's more like they are going into battle with him and i think that like puts them on like a different plane than like the rest of the people like they're going into hand-to-hand combat with him we don't see do we see any other non-stormtroopers go into hand-to-hand combat with vader with vader i mean not hand-to-hand potentially pilots well sure yeah, I mean, yeah. And they're armored and kind of um anonymous. Yeah, very in that same right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he just like kind of treats them more as like a tool and a commodity. Mhm. Oh, than anything else. Yeah. I mean it's, it's that is such that's such a great point. I'm just like ah because I want I want to like peel my face off because um <laughs> it's so good because um because we, we also wanted to talk a little bit about you know the difference between Vader and Anakin and you know you saying how like nameless and faceless um the they all are it's it's the complete opposite of how it was during the Clone Wars when all the clones were like you know we all have we all have names we don't we're not just numbers. And Anakin knew every single one of them. And Anakin himself was basically, I mean, he was a war hero. He was the face of um, the, the old Republic during the Clone Wars. And that's such, an, that's such an interesting counterpoint that you point out there between Vader and, you know, the Jedi. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they were like, in a lot of ways, they were encouraged, the clone troopers were encouraged to have names, right? And And bond with their, you know teammates whatever squad mates and just not the same as stormtroopers now (laughs) yeah no absolutely and i mean i think kind of digging into that point that you and kate just started of like anakin's leadership style like 
you know, I kind of joked Vader doesn't have charisma because he's, you know, a plastic suit. But, like, Anakin was, like, Anakin's literal entire personality is courage and charisma. Oh, God, yeah. Like, he as we see in this book, he doesn't really do strategy. Like, <laughs> he doesn't really do a ton of advanced plan. Like, he's fine. He can hold his own. But, like... Yeah, but, like, we, we you know, know like from this book and also from the Clone Wars cartoon, like, his men love him because he's ballsy. Yeah. Like, because he's ridiculous. Because he's ridiculous and he is, like, in front of all of them when the fighting starts. Mm-hmm. And, like, and that's, that I get, that is something that he and Vader, of course, have in common. Mm-hmm. That, like, both of them enjoy fighting and in, and in Vader's case, enjoys the killing. Fuck yeah, definitely. But, like, but Anakin, it's all charisma and courage and that camaraderie. Like, man, alliteration. Um, but like, it's all of those positive aspects that are then twisted into Vader when it becomes fear and, you know, uh, camaraderie, but from more of a like bloodlust angle and... I mean, it's getting ahead and it's, and it's hatred of the other side. Yeah, exactly. It's not about uniting, reuniting the Republic. Exactly. And then, of course, on the other hand... Hi, Porkchop. (gasps) Hi, Porkchop, I love you. We have a new, we have a new official... Uh, third official ham of the pod his name is pork chop yes he's a large boy yes we will put posting pictures don't worry uh we, we yeah if people... you give us coffee damn okay we haven't posted pictures yet <sighs> i know for i know I, we owe we owe people some uh, more details to follow anyway um anyway but thrawn it's almost the like as we were saying before it's almost the opposite because kimmond himself says like man if there are more commanders like thrawn like empire could live forever like because he grooms his people. He takes the time to get to know them. He takes the time to work with them. Like, he brings, I mean, Eli out of obs- fucking obscurity in the first Eli. book. Pharaoh. Shipping label how? Kind of sounds <laughs> somewhat similar. I mean, I don't think that level of obscurity gets up to Commodore that often. So, like, she probably came from somewhere. But, like, she is very clearly, like, learning. and <laughs> She is learning and evolving, like, as this book goes on. And so, like, he grooms his people for command. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kimmond really respects that. And it's like, man, if only, like, we had more commanders or more admirals who weren't interested in politics and just wanted to get the job done. <laughs> Kimmond himself, man, if only I were like that. Meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, more like Kimmond is like, man, what, a, what, a, what an admiral. But he's blue. Oh, my God. What a fucking asshole. I know. It's so racist. Um, to, to your point uh chris about how you know who anakin is to um the clones who fight under him we talked like many many episodes ago i don't even remember what the fuck book we were talking about about how anakin was chosen by palpatine not only because he's the chosen one because he's so strong but because he's this paragon of power like he's this like perfect looking white man who is, like, super powerful, super charismatic, and all that, and then is transformed into this, like, mm-hmm. you know, Vader would probably call himself a monster. And so... Empire, the Emperor certainly does. Yeah, yeah, he does. I think this was back in our one of our very early episodes when we were talking about the Darth Vader comics. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, we no longer read the Marvel comics. See previous episodes for why. da 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 They're the worst. Yeah. Uh, continue. That was kind of my point. Oh. Like, just to, like, loop that back in. Like, it's just kind of interesting to think about how much... I mean, obviously, he's gone through a whole lot of trauma. Um, and, you know, body trauma is not something to, like, make light of. But it's just, like, how attached to his appearance 
he was. Like, how, like, or rather, how much his goodness, I guess, is attached to what he looks like. Which is its own problem, because that's super ableist. But, you know, that's what Star Wars is doing here. Yeah. It's, I mean, that, that opens up several branching discussions, which I wish, I mean, we certainly can get into them. But that's like, we could do three podcasts on that sentence you said right there sure. but um i mean i feel like we're gonna we're, i feel like we're gonna get into this more when, when we do lords of the sith yeah 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 we are um but just to get back to kind of like what you were like what what brought you on to that point like i think you're exactly right and like i'm on kind of on the side just you know for a little you know a little less nerdy reading i've been reading the silmarillion which is <laughs> the for those who don't know the essentially the mythology of lord of the rings it's like the history of what happened before Lord of the Rings written as like myth, um, like a telling of myth. Um, and it's great. It's better than Lord of the Rings, um, which I don't even think is that hot a take. Um, but I hate Lord of the Rings guys. That's my hot take. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, let's just have do. seven pages about trees. Just yes. Like really this is, this yes. is, this is better. The writing of this is better than Lord of I, the Rings. I, I will um, clarify. I, I, I love the idea of Lord of the Rings. I love the movies. I can't read the books to save my life. Because again, seven pages about goddamn trees. You're, the movies are better than the books. Um, anyway. <laughs> I liked the What Hobbit. brought me to yes, this. me too. What brought me to this is that the kind of foundational story of Middle Earth is your classic creation of perfection that was then corrupted story. And, like, that's very much... We don't see that reflected a ton in Star Wars except with Anakin and with Vader. Mm -hmm. Like, because he was the chosen... Like, he was the chosen one. Like, Ewan McGregor said it best. Um, And he not only fell, but fell in such a way that he destroyed the world. And that narrative and that development for him is, I think, what is so compelling about him. And we see it kind of in spades here in this direct contrast between Anakin and Vader that we don't really see in any other medium. It's, yeah. Or in any, like, forget medium. I don't think we see it in any other instance, this side-by-side contrast, except maybe a couple times in Clone Wars? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, or maybe a little bit in Rebels when Ahsoka's yeah, talking I was, about him and things like that. When Ahsoka's talking about him and, like, specifically in... um. Twilight of the Apprentice. Oh, God, that yeah. Absolutely. Heart-wrenching scene. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, but, like, we're talking, like, maybe five minutes in the entire collected edition of everything else Star Wars on film. Mm-hmm. Or on screen. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, it's interesting, and it's some, it's new to an extent, which is, like, to do something new with Vader after, you know, 40 years. Pretty cool. It's, it's not nothing. Pretty, pretty fucking cool. It's very biblical, because Star Wars is never very biblical. <laughs> Nothing is ever. <laughs> Nothing, is, Nothing ever. is ever very biblical. <laughs> it's the greatest story ever told, Kate. Jesus, go, go away. Oh All right. <laughs> go eat pork chops turds. Um, speaking of destroying everything. I... Well, speaking oh of like God. things that like happen like when shit goes wrong, like speaking of the fall, like oh my God. the biblical and literary fall, another thing of this book, another thing. The theme of it's, I'm tired, y'all. That's fine. Chris. I haven't worked in two weeks, doing, and I've worked in, for the past two days. You're doing great. Um, anyway, another theme of this book is unintended consequences, and specifically collateral damage. Oh God, that happens. What? I I don't know. I thought like super hardcore blowing up that mine was fine. 
Anakin. Yes. <laughs> Chris can't even speak right now. He's just face palming so fucking hard. He's he's just there like just like this is the thing with Anakin. Like I I'm going to go on a tangent that I like started a little bit last episode and said I would put on this outline and then didn't. Like tangents on this podcast? No. In my Star Wars? <laughs> um I just like we need more information of as Anakin grew up and as Anakin grew into who he was in the Clone Wars. Like, granted, he was amazing in the Clone Wars. He was arguably the greatest Jedi already. Mm-hmm. You know, except Yoda and potentially Obi-Wan. Right. Um, that was honestly just because they were, I feel like they were, because yeah. they were older than wise. And potentially and Mace Windu. Right. Um, like, I would say, I would say those are the top four in whatever order you want to put them in at the time of the Clone Wars. But by the time you get to him to that point, you know who he is as a person. You know who he Like, he's an adult. He's Allegedly. 22, 23, 24, maybe even 25 by this book, somewhere in that range. Like, we know who he is. Like, there is no more development to him. There's no more growth. To, like, you know, you can hope that he'll chill out as he gets older. But, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, Anakin is Anakin. And the he's thing, certainly adult in that he's fucked. Well, exactly. Because, like... <laughs> The thing with the Jedi Council, Sorry. Like, we've we've <laughs> said in the past that like they fucked up, they, they fucked this entire process up royally, like from start to finish. Like what process? You mean training Anakin, bringing him up, or buying into the prophecy of the tro- chosen one? Got it. Like sealing their own doom. Mm-hmm. Um, they fuck you know they fucked it up from start to finish. They trained him badly. Yep. Uh, like, but at this point, he's not being trained anymore. You know who he is. If you're the Jedi Council and it's year three of the Clone Wars and you're looking at Anakin Skywalker and you're looking at him as the chosen one, as the greatest Jedi, what is your best case scenario for him? (laughs) Oh my God. Because literally on a good day, on a good day when he is actually engaged in a mission that he cares about and rescuing the person he loves, who he's not allowed to love because of the Jedi, but is allowed to be on this mission that's exciting and he gets to rescue his wife. He is blowing up a fucking planet. (laughs) I feel like, honestly, the best case scenario with him would be him being like, getting kicked out of the Jedi Order and then just like going and living with Padme on Naboo, like locked up in a house somewhere. Right. No, I do. I agree. I think that's the best case scenario for him. If you're the Jedi, though, I legitimately want to know what was their vision for him? What was their vision for, and Anakin is going to deliver us from darkness? Like, how did you see that happening? Like, this was the Star Wars equivalent of, like, step one, Anakin. Step two, lightsaber. Step three, eh? I don't know. Step four, profit. Yes. Fuck. I mean, you're absolutely right, of course. I'm Sorry, the hamsters uh, make a lot of noise. He's a noisy hamster. <laughs> I love him. He's very um, I'm over here like this is the scene in the movie where the smart person is like, um, I think that may have been mistranslated. Uh, yeah. I don't think that really means what you think it means, but okay. Literally, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's Like, how could he be the chosen one? Oh, my God. Just a colossal fuck up from top to bottom right on the part of the jedi order right i mean like like i mean it, it would have been it would have had to be a thing where they just like where it reached back and they actually like 
brought him up, like, raised him differently somehow. But that's not what happened. Right. And, like, I think it's an entirely different hypothetical discussion of, like, like what, did what they, where did what, they go from here? What did they but, do? Like, what were they hoping for? Like, yeah. what was their actual realistic best case scenario? Like, because, like, yes, I agree. Like, there, at, at Chris, the point of the Clone Wars, he's gone. Or, like, Chris, Palpatine is one. Chris, the best case scenario with Anakin is Anakin maybe. Anakin sometimes. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, the best case scenario with Anakin is that you turn Anakin into a weapon and you, d- you learn to direct him. Which is what, exactly what happened with Vader. It's yeah, exactly what happened to him. It's funny how that works. You took the flamethrower and you pointed it somewhere at something you wanted to die. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. there's a <laughs> there's a larger philosophical discussion about the Jedi during the Clone Wars that I don't think we're equipped to have right now. Um, just from this book. And mm-hmm. fr- I don't think... I don't think enough evidence to exists to have that conversation in canon currently without I, just like but Chris, why don't we as just... like a bonus hypothetical like riffing episode, which we could do. But but Chris, I don't understand why we can't just like um, take this and just like roll it around on Twitter for like eighty five years, take a really firm stance on one extreme side of the poll, and then attack everyone who disagrees with us. Honestly, I thought you that were going to say make it an eighty tweet thread. That's what I was waiting for. But <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I did not say you could do that. I mean, if you did, it would be impossibly brave. <laughs> um, I agree with all of this, but I'm just going to, like, it, I don't think this really leads into a larger, like, f- philosophical or psychological discussion about the Jedi. That's fine. But I'm like, man, so Palpy was, like, so fucking tuned into the Force because I feel like things were going his way and he was very much just, like vibing really hard whereas i feel like if we think of yoda maybe as the most powerful force user on the side of the jedi i'm like he would i feel like he was fucking depressed i feel like the only (laughs) thing he ever wanted to do was meditate i feel like he was so out of touch with the force because like war was happening all over the place and he was just like oh my god it is so loud in here all these people are being dumb hoes all i want to do is go meditate and like try to fucking make things less horrible oh absolutely and there's in the if we ever get around to reading the Revenge of the Sith novelization, um, which is which came out at the time of the movie, obviously, and so it's not part of the current canon, but it's just an amazingly written book and just adds so much richness to that movie. There's actually the scene where, which I hate this scene where Yoda like gets rescued by Bail Organa and he's like, "Into exile I must go." Failed I have out of nowhere because you you know dropped your lightsaber essentially <laughs> well um, shit <laughs> like oh that's lost. like in the movie it just makes it's completely out of place except as a plot filler but in the book it's tied together really well because yoda is like as he's having this fight with sidious he goes from i like he goes from like this place of like you know not braggadocio but like confidence of like i am the best jedi i am strong enough to defeat the emperor i will do so and we'll take it from there and as he like is slowly like being fought to a standstill he's like how did i let this happen like just like on a personal level how did i let this happen like how did i like let him develop without me knowing it how did i let the jedi get here like i and that's why his line of uh like failed i like into exile must go failed i have becomes much more powerful because it's not 
I have failed in this fight. It's all of this is my fault for not adapting and reading the world and knowing what I needed to do. And so I need to go into exile and figure my shit out. And so, like, that is, you know... There's just the sound of pork chop running on this wheel right now. There is. It's true. <laughs> um, but we also heard fourth co-host Real Baby Bird laughing in the background, so... Yeah, so it's fine. I know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, like, so it's really interesting that you bring that up, Keeks, because I, I absolutely think that's the right way to read Yoda. Yeah, okay, good. That makes me feel better, because I'm like, God, I feel like Yoda was just so sad forever. And I'm like, that makes sense that, like... I feel like if Yoda was tuned in and, like, I don't know what the circumstances would have had to be because, like, everything's always a... It's called Star Wars because everything's always on fucking fire, but... um, Someone tell Mon Mothma. Yeah, someone tell Mon Mothma it's called Star Wars, not Star Peace, thanks. (laughs) Um, But the... I'm like, it's crazy to me. Like, and it makes me sad that Palpatine was able to, like, sense the beings being uh being trafficked and like the whole jedi council has no fucking idea yeah Yeah, absolutely absolutely. assumedly yeah i mean it's your point about what what's going what might be going through yoda's mind it's probably not so much like depression like symptoms for me but like this sense of complacency really yeah yeah which is sad which sorry, I didn't mean to break bring this down even further. But no, 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 it's totally. called Star Wars. We're talking about Anakin Skywalker. You're fine. Right. <laughs> You're like on exactly the right level. But yeah. Also, like the saddest worm of them all. <laughs> I just two things I'm excited for in the coming months. I really hope we get more of the Jedi Council and Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, which comes out in April. Um, a because Claudia Gray, who is a genius, but also because I I want more of this. Like, how did the Jedi get here? God, yes. Um. And then, of course, getting some contrast to how they were in the old, old Republic, which we don't have in the current canon, but that's a different topic. I'm excited for Obi-Teen. Well, I know. <laughs> Shocking. I'm, Obi-Teen! Wait, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar, Kate. Obi-Teen! Oh, my God. Um, but also, <laughs> the other thing I'm excited for is Thrawn Treason, because as those who follow Delray Star Wars on Twitter or uh, Anywhere. our friend of the pod, uh, Tom, at Darth Internus, um, as you know, that book is, as much as this one was Thrawn and Vader, that one is Thrawn and Palpatine. And Krennic. And Krennic. Ha-ha. Yay! <laughs> it's... Sorry. My favorite <laughs> now, disaster by. Now, now, now I'm just thinking of Hamilton, like, and Peggy, just like Krennic, just doing that. Oh walking God. behind them the entire I mean, time. I Krennic! That, that's his life! That, anyway. It literally, that is his entire point. Um, Palpatine said we couldn't do this. Well, Palpatine's not here, motherfucker. (laughs) Um, But, like, it's very clear that Palpatine is playing chess while everybody else is playing, like, tic-tac-toe. Yes! And, like, so it's... I'm very interested to see how that dynamic plays out. And also, we don't... We have almost no canon Palpatine, like, information. Mm -hmm. We're going to get a little bit in Empire's End when we read it. There's some Lords of the Sith, because he's a main character of that. There's, like, a chapter or two in Tarkin. Hmm. Um, but we have very little Palpatine in canon. That's so interesting. And so, Wait, like, Chris. we don't know anything about Chris, him. Chris, Chris. Is he Snoke? <sighs> I'm quitting your pod. <laughs> yes! 
Um, anyway, moving right along. Yeah, sorry. We just took like a 20-minute detour on something that was not on the outline. That's fine. That never happens. No. Also, we can break this into two if we want, by the way, because I feel like we have like two episodes worth of shit here in that it goes onto two pages. Does it really? Oh, shit. Yes. Um, we'll see. The last half is like... Nothing. Okay, that's fine. Fire. I'm just... So we'll see. I always we'll like see. to bring it up because oh, it's... Sure. I never like to edit out any of our content because it's actually not bad. Well, that is... Just, it is bad, but... Chris Once you bad. start listening, it's a relative... Oh, my God term anyway unintended consequences so obviously <laughs> mokeev gets fucked mokeev gets blown to hell um Jesus the first Christ. of many planets that anakin will destroy um but we also get the plight of the peasants it's kind of seen through the eyes of lebjow is that is that how we're saying his name i'm, I'm saying it lebjow but um Dar- tom Dar- again darth internus is uh he's the um associate editor at delray and he's pretty good at um, letting us know if we did well or not. So, Tom, if it's not Lubjow, hit us up in the Slack and we'll fix it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I believe if I'm remembering from the audiobook correctly, it is Lubjow. Okay, oh, great. Fuck yes. Hey, look at that inside source. Woo! Um, the inside source called I read a few chapters. I listened to a few chapters of the audiobook. <laughs> yes, that is the exact source. But we we see it through Lubjow's eyes where, like, A, he's fucked from the get-go, for helping them get out of the factory. Because, like, as much as we see this as the evil Separatists and the evil Count Dooku and his plot, like, he's just like, hey, man. It's like, a job. We work here. It's a job. I know. We do this for a living. Right, yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, they're definitely going to, like, um, what is it called? Like, Delta Bay Zero or whatever the fuck the hell out of them, but... I'm not go on. That, I don't know their arms. Oh, that go on. oh that shit where they like completely like destroy a planet after they're done strip mining it because they don't want it, anything to get out about what they're doing. Oh, was that a thing from Rebels? Rebels? Yeah. Oh shit. Good memory. I know. I have to rewatch Rebels. You have to watch Resistance, bro. I know I have well. to rewatch. Oh, I know I have to watch Resistance. Um, I assume it's not available in Denmark. I did mean to check today. I did Google it. I mean if you can get but... on Disney now. I, I'm aware, Chris. I just don't know whether or not that uh, you can do that in Denmark. I assume not because I could not get ESPN Plus. And ESPN is a Disney. Uh, no, not on a VPN. Oh. I do not. I can't stream shit on my work computer. So. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's, that's why. Yes. Great. Good talk, everyone. Good talk. Everyone's <laughs> happy with it. Um, <laughs> anyway. But um, so anyway, yeah, like we see his life get fucked over where he has to leave the planet where yeah he has to leave the planet anyway because he'll get lynched if he goes back essentially right and then it gets blown up blown to hell anyway so now he super can't go back yeah and like and, meanwhile these peasants yeah. are like well we woke up this morning and everything's on fire right like this is literally all they know about this was a job that they had to feed their families it's gone now Them- themselves yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just like just they just be trying to fish so that they can uh, not die. Yeah. And it's it's really war in a nutshell, kind of. Like, it's... And we don't really get a huge view of this in the Star Wars books. We do get some of it in the Aftermath series through the interludes. And through the first book. We've seen it in, like, various places, but we've never seen, like... I've, I don't think we've ever seen it from necessarily from, we've seen it from the view of like normal people but we've never seen it necessarily from the view of 
people who we would commonly think of as the enemy who are also just normal people trying to do like normal fucking shit yeah yeah which is a very specific niche i realize but also important because you know they're there are people who work in these horrible chemical weapons factories, I assume, who it's a job to them because they don't they don't know anything. Like all they know is like they go home and their kids are hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, you know, and it's, you know, very much a commentary on war, which again, Star Wars <laughs> look into the political overtones in A New Hope for more on that. But also on specifically the Clone War and how devastating it is to both sides with the heroes on both sides and the villains on both sides. Like, if you remember the very beginning of the book, when they meet the bartender who was Lab Jow, has now changed his name to like Nodla, I think. Nodlia. Nodlia, thank you. Um, and he, Thrawn's like, I think you remember me because like how many other blue people come in here? Um, and then he's like, oh you <laughs> and he like kind of looks around and he's like where's that other asshole <laughs> it's just and so Thrawn's good. like he died and Lebjow's like good like you like he still remembers what Anakin did mm-hmm. like and like that's like you know a Tuesday for Anakin <laughs> is you know the next 20 odd years of these people's lives <sighs> I know the war machine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, speaking of the war machine, we see that on the the Chiss versus the Grisk side as well. Yeah. Um, what with the set, like the, these kids getting caught in the crossfire just because they happen to like be force sensitive. Yeah, it's does not seem fun to be a force sensitive Chiss. No, I mean honestly, it doesn't. It it, it kind of never seems fun to be force sensitive because either you get like. You know, baby snatched from your parents, basically, or, you know, other weird crap happens to you. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, again, a certain medium that we are not discussing on this podcast actually has a few issues that do really interesting, kind of like touching on that issue of like, you know, the Jedi rescuing children who are kidnapped. And then people are like, what, what do you think you do? Like, what do you think it is that you do? Um, but like, so you're right. I don't think it's ever particularly fun to be a force sensitive child, but for the Chiss, especially because, you know, from Thrawn's description of, they essentially get thrown aside one way or another when they're no longer force sensitive. And, you know, then apparently now they're tools of war. Like they're not, they're not just tools of exploration. They're tools of war and with all the risks that come with that. Right, I mean, it's like trying to steal the opponent's technology or whatnot. And also, I assume that if you are um, having to take your ships into battle, you're going to have to get to wherever the fuck the place is anyway, so you're literally bringing children into war zones. Yeah. (sighs) No child soldiers in Star Wars ever. We've never seen that. Nothing bad ever happens to children. Or force sensitive beings, or anyone in Star Wars. Right. It's called it's called happy peacetime. In the stars. Happy peacetime in the stars. <laughs> Mon Mothma TM. <laughs> um, and speaking of other people who 
lots of bad things happen to them. Uh, I, I, this idea kind of popped into my head of, you know, Padme also, you know, she, unlike Anakin, she like fully, or maybe not fully, but she does realize like she, and she's never seen it up close before how the war is affecting real people. And she kind of feels bad about it because, you know, she, she knows she's using Love Chow and she has to complete this mission but also she's she's well aware of the fact that she's using this guy and she kind of feels a little guilty about it not guilty enough to stop but she feels guilty about it um and it just reminded me of the uh conversation she has with anakin in revenge of the sith where she's she says um you know what if the republic has become like everything that we're actually fighting against and you know that that conversation goes well but you know i was just thinking about like now that we have this other, you know, material that comes before Revenge of the Sith where Padme is coming to these realizations, like, I'm wondering, like, how many of those, the seeds of that, of that thought are planted here, and, like, you know, is she, is she a heroine or is she complicit in war crimes, basically? Hashtag complicit. Nice. Oh, I mean, I think... Five. Sorry, go ahead, Keeks. No, I, I mean, I was just thinking about how, especially at, like, this point in the war, it's very complicated <laughs> like fuck yeah right Uh, yeah but it's like she's one of the few major characters that doesn't shy away from that yeah absolutely like i'm not i'm not pointing out to like shit on her like because like obviously so many worse things are happening but like you know like it could just have easily been like chemical weapons to kill thousands of civilians in that uh factory as it could have been jedi proof like you know armor or whatever the fuck sure so like and, you know, maybe they would not have had as good of a reason to keep the killing beings for no reason really bad shit under wraps like they do the anti-Jedi armor. But, like, what the fuck do they know, right? It's like, right. I mean, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it's like, uh, it, I don't think the the outcome wouldn't have been any different. I think, like, if they would have figured out that it was you know a bunch of shit to kill civilians they would have blown up or tried to destroy the factory all the same but then it can destroy the planet so (laughs) but yeah i mean basically you know we kind of talked about how the jedi have lost their way right and like got complacent and like i don't know what would make you think that chris yeah (laughs) the theme of the republic it feels like is the ends justify the means by the end of the war. Sure. And we've seen like, there's, there's tons of evidence for that yeah. from revenge of the Sith to clone let's, wars. So let's use this mysterious clone army. Yeah. To the, use yes, the magical hot dog. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's essentially all in the name of keeping the Republic together. Right. And Padme is really on only major character to this point. Obviously we know that Bale and Mon Mothma, are there in the background you know we have Satine on the on the neutral side we have um what's her name Mina Bonteri thank you Mina Bonteri thank you for knowing who I was talking about boom marriage her. I mean there's only like five female characters in Star Wars anyway but <laughs> all of them have brown hair all of them have all of them have brown hair um anyway Mina Bonteri on the separatist side like so it's not only her but she's the only major character to this point in the timeline who is 
not really on board with that. And she's never really been on board with that. Because if you look back at Phantom Menace, all her advisors are like, steer her on Coruscant. You'll be safe. You'll be better able to take this on when you're not dead. And she's like, no, like, I'm, that's not acceptable to me. Like, point of, control of Naboo is not the point. People not being dead is the point. And this is not accomplishing that. Therefore, it is not worth it to me. And like, we see that when she's, what is she, 13 or something? 14. 14. In that, we see it 13, 14 years later, right now, uh, where she's starting to not be on board with this concept of the ends justify the means and being extremely uncomfortable with the means that they used to achieve these ends that didn't even end up that great. And then we see kind of the culmination of that in Revenge of the Sith with her questioning the war and in the deleted scenes, which <sighs> that whole travesty of eliminating her character, yeah. but of the... Um, the group of the group of two thousand, the delegation of two thousand, her organizing the senators, her with Bale and Mon Mothma, um, to oppose the war because they're like it's at what cost? Right, exactly. Like she, she, she is the only character who realizes that she has blood on her hands. Yes, like the only main character we ever get um, out of this era, really, who fully recognizes how many lives this war has cost. I'm trying. I'm trying to think what other era that we that w so we could compare to her i feel like yoda gets it but does yoda not count i, I mean don't, I, don't. I don't know that he does though because he's like all up there in his literal ivory tower <sighs> that's true he is just very sad <laughs> i'm like trying to think of like jesus do we have leia gets it yeah which <laughs> yeah surprise surprise one of these things is very like the other. Um, <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. yeah, really, it's Finn, maybe? At least a little bit. Yeah. Like, in, on the, in, in the sense that he's like, like Padme, he's been yeah. on the ground. Handles it in a different way, but yeah. he get, but he, he has that understanding. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, nobody really questions war in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It's part of the name, Chris. God Christ. It's thank God I have you to keep reminding me, Kristen. <laughs> only Mon Mothma had, had somebody. If only Mon Mothma had Kristen. Maybe she wouldn't have demilitarized. Anyway. Yep. Um, but yeah, like it's Padme is a very unique character in that aspect. Yeah. And I, again, to plug an upcoming book, Queen Shadow comes out in just about a month. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm uh, very excited for that one. I'm so excited. Um I'm I'm glad for all this um Padme material we've been getting because like she she started out as a very very rich three dimensional character and then slowly they just good god y'all this is why men need to not only be the ones writing movies for Christ's sakes Jesus. would you say that George Lucas broke your heart went down a path you couldn't follow I want to talk about connections to the larger universe and completely <laughs> ignore Chris you said you were quitting the pod can you leave yeah. <laughs> like, can, can you just take pork chop and go somewhere? And I made cookies. I'll take my cookies and leave. Yeah, fine. That's, you know, that's oh, fine. What, what kind of cookies did you make? Lime shortbread. Thank you for asking, Kristen. Oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> was there lime zest involved? There there certainly was. There was Yum. four limes worth of lime zest. It was a double recipe, so it made quite a bit of cookies. I might bring some to work. It's great. We made some for Oh, you're bribing everyone to love you. I like Absolutely it. Absolutely, yes. I am. 
We we sent we sent some of these in a care package to um at Space Jess one time because she needed cookies because we love her. Yes, everyone always needs cookies if they would like them. Chris makes good cookies, y'all. True. Um, so connections to the larger universe. Yes. Which are Chris's cookies now. Um. So um, we've got plenty of material that um, intentionally or unintentionally. Because, you know, it's supposed to be presented as a romance. Shows Anakin and Padme's relationship to be a raging trash fire of, at best, a very mismatched couple. At worst, straight up spousal abuse. He's a bad man. Yeah, he is! Alright, so... so Say again, what was the best case scenario? Yeah, fucking A. He's a bad, uh, bad man. Just throw him in the lake on the boo, TBH. What, what, did I, what did I write on the outline? <laughs> you wrote bad, bad. You I did. Bad, what did we learn about Anakin and Padme's relationship? Bad, bad. Yes. Like, I mean, here's yet more evidence that it was bad, but um, I guess I wanted to, like, talk very briefly, because we've already kind of talked about it, like, just what exactly we learn here that is new information about the bad bad where Padme literally should have just pushed him in front of a space potato and let him die. Absolutely. And I mean, and remember we're close to the end of the war. It's fair to say at this point, like mm-hmm. I think we don't have an exact chronology, but from the way he talks about it, it sounds like this is very close to the end of the war. This is, that means toward revenge of the Sith. It's toward the arc of clone wars where they're on. Uh, why can I never remember the name of the planet? Uh, Munalist, uh, with the Banking Clan, with Rush Clovis. God, Christ. Yeah, it's somewhere, I feel like somewhere, like, around season six of the Clone Wars. It's definitely before seven, because Ahsoka's gone, and he hasn't seen her. Yes. Um, oh, yes, that's, that's our timeline marker. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, but, so, when Anakin goes crazy there, like, Anakin is losing control. And everyone's making excuses for that, and in this case, it's Padme. Which, again, like, not to blame her. Because she is the victim here, and this is how abusive relationships work. Mm-hmm. But, like, he is losing control. Mm-hmm. And she is explicitly says she is unable to talk sense to him when he is like this. Yeah, in reference is, to him blowing up the mine. Right, which is literally what victims of domestic abuse say. Like, there's, you know, he just, he just gets like this. It's fine. Yeah. Which is horrifying, the way that you know, abusers just brainwash their victims this way. Yeah. Anyway, other connection to the larger universe. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's no good way to segue from that. I know. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about um, is, so we see that, of course, in the factory, they're making both uh, lightsaber-proof and blaster-proof, basically. Um, both uh, battle droids and on the separatist side, but also clone armor. And it just... You know, I read about that, and first of all, my brain exploded. Second of all, my imagination just started spiraling out of control about... Because this had to be connected to Palpatine's plans for Order 66. Yes. Which is sickening. Like... God fucking Christ. As bad as Order 66 was, and don't get me wrong, it was, it was a genocide. You can't get much worse than that. But, like, there were a handful of Jedi survivors... There could have been none, basically. Remember, remember when um, Smuggler's Bounty thought it was a very funny thing to send us a <laughs> luggage tag that was literally 
uh, the clone trooper receiving Order sixty six. Yep. Yeah, it's like Commander as Cody. a casual. Thank you. Sorry, I don't. You know, I. Don't. Commander Cody has a name, and his name is Commander Cody. And <laughs> I have a luggage tag of him, and he. I can see it right here. I had to get my fucking suitcase out of storage because I have to go to fucking Denmark. But <laughs> anyway, um. It's on our, it's on our Instagram from when we went it, to Ireland back in. It's October. a whole thing. Yeah, it's he's really holding fucked the little up. hollow. It's really fucked up. It's so yeah. messed up. But yeah, and like my favorite part of that was like Anakin trying to like puzzle it together in his Anakin way, being like, "Oh my god, they could have, I don't know, done this. I don't care. Let's blow it up." And, I know. And then Thrawn, his like last words to Anakin. Yeah. It's like they're they're attacking. They're like, gonna they're gonna infiltrate. Is what well, Anakin says. was worried they were gonna infiltrate. And Thrawn was like, but how would they get their people there? Like, Thrawn was like, how would they infiltrate in large enough numbers for this to matter? And, like, and Anakin's like, the, I don't know, they'd do it. Who cares? The brain control trips were yeah. what Thrawn was missing. Exactly. Because and like, who the fuck does that? Yeah, like, Thrawn was very much like, something doesn't add up here, and I recommend that you look into it because this feels important. Anakin, yes. But, yeah, and then we get Anakin, yes, blowing up the mine. Yep. Um... But yeah, again, connection, like, not a fun connection, but like those connections to... Are any of these fun connections so far? The, the last one isn't fun either. So, that make it so rich. Yeah. None of them are fun. All yeah. of them are bad. Yeah, here's, a, here's, here's the third and last one that I wanted to talk about, which is also a bad one. Um, so, during the book, Anakin, when he's, you know, in his um, fighting flow, he's remembering... Uh, Attack of the Clones, where he massacred the entire village of Sand people. Um, you know, and he, it's one of those instances, It's that was the first instance of him letting his hatred for the enemy get the best of him, and that's exactly what happens to him at the mine. He gets so single-minded um, that he that's th- that this thing needs to fucking die. Like, just just kill it, and it'll be gone, and it'll, everything will be better. That he just, he gets, in that, he gets in that mindset Padme talks about, and you can't dissuade him. Absolutely. Um, so, what does that tell us about his transformation debater? I mean, I think, again, speaking about larger conversations that we could devote entire episodes to riffing on and thinking about, it kind of goes back to the question of how much of Vader was Palpatine's manipulation and how much of Vader existed. And, like, mm. the question of, you know, how much of it was his fault? How much of it was redeemable? The moral question of Darth Vader, essentially. Right. Um, and I think this book and all the evidence that we have so far is a strong argument that, like, obviously he was manipulated. Obviously the dark side of the Force is powerful and is evil and manipulative and corrupts you. But he he was not whole. No, I mean, like... And Vader himself draws this kind of arbitrary division between, you know, pre-Mustafar and post-Mustafar. And it's, he really does mark it at his disfigurement when he, when he has the incident. But Vader was Vader before he got burned to a crisp. Yep. Like, he'd been Vader when he was a pretty boy. Yeah. He'd been Vader And he doesn't want to remember that. He was a dumb fucking idiot on Mustafar. Yeah, about that. Yeah, you're... You're exactly right about that. And, like, that's that's his dirty, like, that's that's his dirty little secret. That's what he's so afraid anybody will know. Because, For obviously, sure. if he hadn't been disfigured, people would know, that like, who Anakin Skywalker was. Mm-hmm. 
he probably would be like known publicly as Anakin Skywalker. Darth Vader would probably not be a public name, but like he would be known mm-hmm. as you know the person sitting you know at right. the right hand of the Emperor. I mean, and the Emperor wanted him to be the face of the Empire. Yes, and he is, but definitely not in the way either of them wanted him to be. Yeah, and um. as a result, he's terrified that anybody will figure out who he was and see what happened to him. Because he has become this monster, and he, exactly as you said, he blames it on his disfigurement, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Like, his disfigurement, arguably, it's the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Got just as crispy as his insides. Fucking Alright. It was lava surfing. It's just, it wasn't going to end well for you. It's, it never my does. My friend. So true. Never does. Anyway, we are pretty heavy, but we have a few last rapid fire things. We do. So we've got some social media stuff. Um, the first thing I want to point out was that um, um, our lovely, lovely friend of the pod, Southern Cynic, on Twitter um, pointed out to us that Star Wars Explained, um, another, um, I think mostly he does YouTube videos these days. I think he's mostly a YouTube channel, but... Um, Alex over there, um, he did an episode on this book back when it came out, and um, he talked, actually, to Tim Zahn about um, whether he meant for Thrawn, to suggest that Thrawn may have once been Force-sensitive, and Tim Thrawn said he did not. He said it wasn't something that he intended to slip in there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, I just wanted to point that out, that she pinged that for us, Alex elaborated a little bit upon it, so... Um, if you want to hear more about that and want to hear Tim Zahn talk, go ahead and look up Star Wars Explained on YouTube, and you, I'm sure you'll find that video pretty easily. Interesting. Now I really want to know who in his life was, because clearly there was some pain there, as mm-hmm. we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then we've got some social media questions, uh, both of which are very fun, thank God, because I'm about to go lie on the floor from this conversation uh, for this episode. The first one uh, we have is from Josh, who is one of our... Wonderful, wonderful uh, Tashi Station Patreon subscribers. For the low, low cost of $1 a month, you have access to our Patreon Slack where you can talk to us about all kinds of stuff. And see Corgi um, pictures. There's so many Corgi pictures. Um, yeah, thanks, Odie. Yeah, right? Odie's the best. Um, Tom, is Tom Darth and Turnus is also in there dishing out um, really cool publishing knowledge that he doesn't necessarily like think to tweet, you know, obviously, because... Also the cat interns. Yes, he's lots of pictures of the cat turns. So, anyway, well worth your money. So, Josh asks, who makes a better stepdad for Anakin, Thrawn or Sheev? <laughs> I gave my answer in the Slack, and I'm going to let other people answer first. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I'm like, I think Thrawn is I mean, like, young. who should his stepfather be? I think, or whatever. like, <laughs> uh, and recipient's choice, Keeks. Yeah. So so my answer is that I think Thrawn at this point... Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn's definitely daddy as fuck, like, in his older age, but I think he's a little <laughs> too young right now to... Thrawn is daddy like, as fuck, quote. Pull that off. Look, I said what I said. So That's I'm going to... we just have a title. I, and so I'm going to go with Sheev. Kristen? Um, daddy palps. Uh, I... Yeah, I mean... I know I make jokes about this, but I really think Thrawn, given the chance and uh, being allowed to be around Vader more than he was um, or is or whatever the fuck, I guess was, everything's was, um, 
I'm like, he hates him now, but like, what if he could help? <laughs> Aw. Yeah, that's a friendship. We know that doesn't you. happen, but I don't know. I value my blue boy above most people. Yep. <laughs> and things. Uh, and he's wonderful. The, I haven't looked for the Thrawn config that inevitably came out of this book. I have to guarantee anyway. you it hid. Um, my answer is, and I'm a little upset at the, P- the Patreon Slack that nobody has made this for me yet so heath's gonna need to get on this oh jesus but Leave somebody needs alone. to make a meme picture of vader picture of thrawn and the caption is you versus the guy daddy told you not to worry about <laughs> oh so true <laughs> i love it i love it uh okay so our second question is from a longtime friend of the pod at shannon joy 26 who asks shannon. shannon we love you um she asks if they made this book into a film who do you want to play anakin and thrawn and Cakes, I think you need to answer first because you put this beautiful answer on the outline. Oh, I said I want Chris to play both uh, Anakin and Thrawn, Lindsay Lohan, Parent Trap style. <laughs> that would be pretty great. It'd be so good. It would be extremely challenging. We would need to get some really good makeup artists. However, it would be. I think both of those people live inside of you, Chris. It would be like in Dirty Rock, the Tracy Jordan, Thomas Jefferson movie. In which exactly. Every role. Oh my God. Exactly. Except Thomas for Jefferson. you to only play Anakin and Thrawn and probably Vader. That's true. I don't have Tracy Jordan's range. There's no question about that. Um, <laughs> I I'm like I have like no creativity because I read this question and I was like, ooh, who would I want to play Anakin? Matt Lanter or Hayden Christensen? Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I have. I mean, well, those are yeah. two choice. Those are names of men who have played him in the who past. Played yes. Anakin. Yes, this is correct. And since that's how I read the question, that's how I'm going to answer it. Um, my answer is Hayden, but before George Lucas broke him and back when he was a good actor. Oh, that poor oh, man. Blah, blah, blah. Jesus Christ. <sighs> the prequels are prequels are kind of Hayden's fault, but they're George Lucas's fault because George Lucas can't direct. Um, I, I, I blame George Lucas. Also, like, Hayden could still pull it off if he still knew how to act. Like, he, does, he hasn't aged terribly. Okay, that's true, but he did come out with that Little Italy movie last year. Yeah, people got bills to pay, okay? I'm not saying he shouldn't do movies. I'm saying, did you see the trailer for that film? He's got a daughter to feed. Yeah, Emma Roberts was in that movie too, okay? It's not just... (laughs) People do shitty movies, but did you see the fucking trailer? Oh my god. Absolutely not. You should all look up the trailer for Little Italy. I really haven't (laughs) actually seen it because I don't think it came to theaters near us. I don't think it did. Um, it somebody... was straight to Lifetime. Oh my god, there's a there's a one of those like viral tweets going around that was just like, um, what wh- who's an actor that you saw who whom you love that you saw a really fucking bad movie for? And I saw somebody say Hayden Christensen um, in Little Italy, and I was like, God bless you, woman. It was it was a woman. I was like, because I could I could I could fucking not. I don't know how to answer this question because much like Keeks never knows the name of anything in Star Wars. I don't know any fucking actors' names and I like I don't, can't think of anybody's face. Like I can't I don't know what to say. I would say that the actor who plays Thrawn would have to be able to do the uh Lars Mickelson voice. Yeah, I was gonna say he can't put his own spin on it. He needs to be able to do yeah, the voice. Yeah. But other than that, I've got I've got nothing for you. I'm real sorry. I don't know anything. Let us let us know though, listeners, who you would pick because you probably know more actors than I do. I also don't watch TV or go to movies ever, so I don't know who any goddamn person is. It's actually it's ironic because you know who actually probably would have made a really good Thrawn is Paul Bettany. Mm. 
I almost choked. Oh my god, that would have been so great. He probably actually would have made a really good Thrawn. And they wasted him on Dryden Voss, who was such a boring fucking character. Yeah, mistakes were made. Yeah. Mistakes were made. A lot of mistakes were made. Oh, um, Alright, so, Easter eggs real quick. Before uh, we um, sign off. Um, I can explain this out in the first episode, but I was like fucking dying laughing at Anakin complaining about people, about Thrawn specifically using aphorisms when every single episode of the Clone Wars starts with a shitty aphorism. Yep. Yes, my favorite thing. Whenever I'll be a, whenever I have time and can independently podcast and quit my job um, Mm -hmm. and I do my Clone Wars pod, uh, just like the first 20 minutes will be devoted to the aphorism in the beginning of it. Yes, obviously. And the last 20 minutes, if we're being honest. I know. Um, just most of the pod. Yeah. my I had, I had two favorite Easter eggs. Um, one was a super deep cut, but the fact that Thrawn's first thought when he saw those hibernation chambers on Batu being cloning cylinders is actually a throwback to the original Thrawn trilogy, which I in don't Legends. think- it, In Legends. Yes. Sorry. The original Thrawn trilogy in Legends, starting with Heir to the Empire. Uh, and I don't think it's a spoiler 20 plus years after <laughs> the fact to- Note that the main kind of like twist of that series is that Thrawn is making clones. That's weird. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then my other one was uh, Kim and the Stormtroopers ruining w- version 1.0 of Vader's <laughs> let them escape and let's track them plan God. that we see him execute to perfection in A New Hope. God damn it. It's just... The subtlety is overwhelming oh with him. God. Um, I have a few more. Uh, one of them is Thrawn. Uh, he's looking at the knives on the Darshi, I think it is, and he compares it to Twilight Calicori, which he's real creepy about Harris, the Sindual clan Calicori on Rebels. That's fine. I don't want to talk about how Hera got her Calicori back from Thrawn because the events that immediately Bad. followed that never happened. Yep. Either. I Nothing don't remember. Nothing Rebels ever happened. I don't know her. Frankly, another aspect that Paul Bettany <laughs> would be really good at playing. The what? creepy aspect the cre- of Thrawn. Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's super fucking freaking solo. Um, I feel bad because Paul Bettany's, like, by all accounts, just, like, the most lovely man, but he plays so many creeps. Listen, you need to see yeah. him in A Knight's Tale, because Chris has never seen A Knight's Tale, which is a crime. All I'm saying is Alan, Alan Rickman would have been... Oh. The best Thrawn. <laughs> oh, God. May he rest in peace. Sorry. <laughs> You're so right. No, I was sad. just thinking about that, and I was I like, wow, he would, just ki- he would just kick wow. the shit out of everybody. Yes. Yes, he would have. Oh, that would have been so good. And he got wasted on fucking eyeliner Snape. No. Speaking of mistakes being made. Um, the last... Yes. Anyway. Uh, there's a reference to Carbonite. I think um, Vader wonders if the... The fucking hibernation chambers or carbonite freezers, which we have seen him. We have seen Anakin multiple times encountering people uh, being in carbonite before he does the Han Solo because Star Wars just loves a good throwback reference. Um, and then the last one I have is um, you know, Vader saying, you know, obviously this book is all about mirroring in terms of, you know, explaining character development and stuff like that. And it's really masterfully done. But um, Vader points out that, you know, there's a lot of... The, the more you understand the forest, the more you see that there's symmetry in it. You know, why is he being called to back to Mokiv and Batu and all this other stuff? And it just reminds you of the famous George Lucas quote where 
you know, it's like poetry, it rhymes, and that's kind of like the whole thing of Star Wars. Because again, Star Wars likes a good callback. It likes it, li- it likes doing all playing all those games narratively when it comes to mirroring and um, you know creating like very ob- obvious opposites and things and just to like do storytelling because it's cool like that. And Keeks, is this one of yours? Of course it is. Oh, I already God. mentioned it, but Anakin put his lightsaber in R two D two. Always. I also loved that. Always. Him, Luke. It's a Skywalker family tradition. I know. I love it. It's, it's so my good. favorite thing. It's so dumb. It's the best thing. <laughs> it's just it's... like, it's like R2 has a place for it now. I know. Honestly, Anakin might as well have given the two finger salute before force throwing his lightsaber onto a roof. I would have adored that. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it on a roof. How are you going to get that thing? Eh, I'll figure it out. That's, Jesus Christ. That's a problem for future Anakin. Oh, not I put again. it by a floodlight. There are only like 900 floodlights, so it's fine. Obi-Wan's going to kill me. <laughs> and with the that, best. let's wrap it up. This has been a bit of a heavy episode, and I know that Keeks is already having an aneurysm about it. Same Thank phone. You- oh, same- <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the book wars pod uh and thank you for reading thrawn alliances with us i love this book as you can probably tell by the fact that i've been monopolizing the conversation for the past five episodes shut up white man thank you to my (laughs) co-hosts for allowing me to do that um but next yeah yeah next week we are going to continue our streak of great books by reading leia prince of alderaan by claudia gray um we have Yet to read a Claudia Gray book that didn't make us want to die inside. Uh, and having read this one already, it doesn't start now. Um, yep. This one's a YA, right? Correct. Technically speaking. So if you can't find it where you find your usual Star Wars books. Yeah, go, check the YA section. Yeah. Go yell at your local person and be like, help me, please. Yes. Yeah. Claudia Gray. Um, I need her to melt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're in three weeks time. You can want to die with us. Um, we're going to be reading the start of the book through chapter 14. It's the first half of the book, uh, since YA books read a little faster. Uh, and as we said at the top, Miranda, real baby bird herself, is going to be joining us as a co-host, starting with our next episode, which is the first episode of Layer Prince of Alderaan. Burp, 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 burp. We're very excited burp, burp, burp. to have real baby bird joining us. This is a big get for the podcast. Seriously. Huge, huge <laughs> Sorry booking. Sorry laughing. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> oh my God, you're such an asshat. Me? Yes, I am. Don't you dare edit that out. Oh my God. Um, Miranda's the best. She lives with me now. It's amazing. She's actually getting pizza for us right now because I'm very hungry. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, in the meantime, hit us up uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at Book Wars Pod and Tumblr, excuse me, at BookWarsPod. Email us at BookWarsPod at gmail.com and rate, review, and subscribe to both us and Tashi Station Radio Megafeed. Um, we need to pick someone who won Original Throng. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Hang on. <laughs> Shit. I totally forgot. Hi, whoever you are. Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm the fucking worst. Uh, this is why editing is important, my friends. Uh, you're just going to leave all this in of me looking up the random numbers. Yeah, I was going to say, this is gold. Oh, right I usually here. do. Uh, yeah. And Damlin Voss, um, uh, newer but very faithful listener, like, thanks, bro. You have just won a book, so yeah. we'll bug you at some point for your for your address so we can mail that to you, but not be creepy. Yeah, when this episode <laughs> comes out, we'll DM you. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, congratulations. You have won a paperback copy of Thrawn by Tim Zahn. Uh, if you are listening and you want to win some cool shit as well, it's very easy. All you have to do is leave us a review on iTunes. Not just a rating, has to be a review with at least one sentence or sentence fragment involved. Uh, and it doesn't even need to be a good review. If you leave us a bad review, as long as it's, you know, not, you know, just... It can say it can be five stars and say hate you, Chris. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. Um, but like, as long as when you leave a review, and if it's not evident to us who you are, just like DM us with a screenshot and be like, hey, this is me. We will add you to the giveaway list. We give away all sorts of stuff. We've given away stickers. We've given away books. Uh, as we're coming up to Star Wars Celebration, I would imagine that we're going to be giving away some more stuff. Uh, so please do rate, review, and subscribe, and donate to the Tosh Station Radio Patreon, and give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. As Kate mentioned, I owe some pictures of Porkchop on the Instagram. Those are going to be coming this week, thanks Porkchop. to ShannonJoy26 and... At six moments on Twitter. At six Megan moments. Megan Kennedy. Megan Kennedy. <laughs> Thank you both God. for giving us uh, money on coffee. We really appreciate it. Megan's never giving us money ever. I know. Uh, <laughs> At least I remembered Shannon's name. God. <laughs> you know what? Anyway, that's our show. Our theme song is Was Bang by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. For Kate and Kristen, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. And it's you versus... <laughs> Shit! <laughs>